Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Putang Tamang Sangkang Antarang Pachayang Namasami Having these talks right after a, a large meal is something I, I found was just part of the culture of Tisara when I came here. It's not, not usual to, to necessarily have an afternoon talk, but, but actually the monks in our tradition do it quite often, dealing with guests and, and others come to the monastery who've offered the meal. So Usually the way to deal with that is through drinking a certain amount of coffee, but I, uh, I have a very strong reaction to coffee, and yet there's always this voice in the back of my head, oh, I should, get, I should have some coffee before the talk. I don't want to be sleepy at all. And so then what, what usually occurs with this pattern is sitting through a very active mind during, uh, during the sitting period, and then reminding myself, oh, yeah, that's the, the natural reaction of the mind. It's just particular mind experiences caffeine in that way. But it, it actually helped me see uh, how to work with a particular hindrance, which is restlessness and worry, that kind of ongoing movement of mind. And uh, of the five hindrances, many people find that they gravitate towards particular hindrances, some at different times in their lives, others at certain times of the day, and others just in general proclivities, their general proclivities of their um, characters. And um, I'm fairly well versed with, with restlessness and worry, which is actually two hindrances in one. I think restlessness is in general that sense of an impulse in the mind to constantly be moving, doing something, busy, reacting, interacting, generally keeping oneself uh, moving from object to object, place to place, activity to activity, until time to go to bed. And it's almost like an experience of, of being on a, a drug or like a high, yeah, it's kind of like being on caffeine, some high energy drink, uh, just this, this constant motion and flow and, and movement. And it's, it's exciting. Things are moving quickly. There isn't much time to, to stop and wait. And in, the, in that kind of mindset, with restlessness, it's, it's more of a, a sense that patience is, is only second best to movement. That needing to pause or be quiet or calm isn't um, an activity that the mind is valuing. More so it's, it's planning and movement and um, the value is on uh, just jumping to here and there. And some, you know, often that's through sensual desire, delight. Sensual um, desire keeps us moving in the direction of, of finding one sense pleasure to the next. Uh, for example, you know, you you take a, a bite of food and then um, very quickly that 
sensual hit, it just kind of goes away. And so um, without watching carefully how this process works, then it's just the next mouthful comes along, the next sensual hit, and then uh, the next mouthful, sensual hit, and on and on it goes until one is either full or uh, one's bowl is empty. And so in dealing with this, this restlessness, this sense that uh, movement is, is the value, movement is the, the fun thing to do. You can, I can see this uh, very plainly when I go outside of the monastery and um, I see what value there is placed on entertainment, uh, technology, how people interact with technology or um, they need to be entertained um, through any of the senses. This is really the value of, of the world. Rather than uh, the value of Dhamma, which is to learn from our experiences so that we're not a uh, slave to this movement of mind, this, this need to find sense pleasure, to find um, where enjoyment out of, out of being excited and, and, uh, and kind of moving from experience to experience. But uh, again, bringing up the, the theme that the um, that the world is really is really our experience of the five senses and the six senses, the mind, including the mind. Then it can't be said that well, that's out there. That our sense of um, of the world is really outside of a monastery. Really, what the world is, of course, is is just our experience of these these six senses: uh, the mind, taste, touch, uh, contact, feeling, um, hearing, sight, and and smell. So, if we're if we're examining through our dhamma practice our values, what it is that we're we're looking towards what what we're looking for satisfaction. What we're uh, looking for as a nutrient to how we're experiencing life, then we can see that this hindrance can come up quite often. Um, I haven't met too many people who say they only experience four hindrances and not this this fifth one. So I think the the important sense uh, with this is to to try to examine like how it is that we um, can learn to gain enjoyment uh, out of patience, waiting, calm, peace, and, and rest rather than restlessness. So that the, the pausing of the mind, the um, seeing clearly, the waiting, the patience, um, becomes more of an attitude of um, intention, of, of where we are interested in, in motivating ourselves in, in, in terms of how we uh, orient our, our Dhamma practice and also just how we orient our, our way of looking, looking out into the world. 
And that's, it's, very, it's quite difficult because if there's a habit built upon restlessness, if there's a habit built upon movement, uh, agitation, uh, getting the next best taste or sight uh, or smell or the next best conversation we're going to get into or the, the, um, the next uh, exchange of views and opinions where we show that our view and opinion is better than everybody else's um then then we're we're just going to going to continue that habit it's not going to um lead us towards stopping towards cessation and and of course that is that is a a more worldly value when we're we're aiming towards that way whereas cessation is more of a value of dhamma stopping quieting peace calm and the reason that it's so so important to have uh, these moments of, of pausing and calm is that that's the only way that we can see clearly. If we aren't um, being aware of, of our restlessness, if we aren't being aware of the movement of the mind um, towards unskillful states, towards uh, states that lead us into more agitation, then... Um, because we're not we're not valuing that uh, we're not able to actually see what peace can provide, and what peace provides is clarity. It provides us a a, a place a space whereby we can <clears throat> examine the Dhamma, see how it is that we are through our own greed and aversion and delusion creating distress and disease, um, discontent. So in the broader in the broader picture, restlessness is really an expression of discontent. It's a, it's a sense that this isn't good enough. And that's hard to see if we're if, if we're constantly going from moment to moment uh, trying to have a new experience. It's just this this sense. Oh, this isn't good enough. I got to find something else that's better. Um, and this is okay for now, but now there's something new I want to try, and do, and get, and become. So, an example of this would be um, in my own life. I I see that there's there's times where mindfulness can be forgotten, where this sense of awareness and general openness to what's happening can be dropped away because it's 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 something that I'm involved in in, cer- in terms of like planning or um, certain activities uh, are occurring right now for me that's that's in in dealing with a lot of plans for our new kitchen and I tasked myself with with uh, dealing with a lot of the arrangements of um, the equipment for the kitchen, how the kitchen is also going to look, and uh, with Tan Kamiko dealing with the contractor, um, and that's involved a lot of, essentially, a lot of research in terms of kitchen equipment and shopping, and so I can see that that at times of the day my mind will move towards towards this this planning, and it's not. It's not out of a sense of uh, I can't wait till these these thoughts and and uh, 
perceptions I'm having around around kitchen equipment are going to bring me cessation and peace and calm. Uh, it's more it's more really a sense of oh this is going to be interesting this is something I can sink my teeth into right now this is exciting this is new and and on and on it goes I can see why very much people when they're involved in shopping uh, it's just endless proliferation endless movement of the mind in in, in this very way and then. Uh, there's a sense of becoming too, an identification with it, such as I'm going to be the expert who knows about what the exact right thing is to get, and um, it's going to be the perfect thing for all the people working in the kitchen, and everyone's going to be happy, and they're going to praise me and think I've done a good job, and um, and for the next uh, 200 years, everyone will just think that these stainless steel tables and and ovens and ranges and whatnot are are just uh, the most amazing thing that they've ever used in their lives, <clears throat> which doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't uh, everything is going to break and fall apart? And when it does, then people will say, "Why did you get this? And that wasn't the right thing." And how stupid to think that this would actually be fitting. Uh, did you think of that? Did you think of this? And then we get the results of this of this restlessness, the results of this movement, this, this interest in papancha, proliferation. Because that's the value. That's what the mind is valuing. So when I'm exploring this, uh, when I'm looking at this uh, from a, a more quiet point of, of view, when I'm uh, seeing the intentions of the mind flow into this planning and creating and uh, interaction with people on the phone and creating lists of uh, price quotes and um, measurements, designs. Then I see that the mind is 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 searching for agitation and searching for um, for movement and getting something accomplished, getting something finished and done and um, perfected and just right and then I'll be happy but there is there is no happiness on that account there's um, just continuing until I see I can see very clearly that when when this ends so uh, even when something ends, just in particular around what I'm, I'm planning around around doing this, uh, the mind will immediately move into some other part of the plan that that it's gonna that it needs to keep going, and that that builds this this habit of restlessness, and it continues on and on. So one of the things to be very specific was that we were trying to buy, uh, we were trying to arrange a a range, and um, through arranging this range, uh, we finally found the best, most perfect thing. It was too expensive, or maybe not too expensive. It just was a lot of views and opinions around uh, what to get and how to get it. And uh, eventually, we all came to a nice compromise. I think, and we got the right thing. But I just noticed that once that was over, once that was finished, and um, it was paid for then my mind immediately went to the next 
piece of equipment. And then the same thing happened. And, the, and it was just really interesting to watch that, that activity just sort of arise and then something uh, ceases. But then this, this continuing attitude just, continue, just, just went on and on and on until I deliberately would try to, to, to watch it and pause and say, wait a minute, I don't need to go there. It's the afternoon, right now is a good time to go back to the kuti and be alone. And then of course this, this uh, energy comes up in terms of planning again. And even if I was successful in uh, saying, okay, put down the idea of, of um, kitchen equipment for the next hour, even if that was successful, then the mind's habit of restlessness continued on. It would it would continue on towards 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 general movement, entertainment, and seeking satisfaction in that movement. And so what I what I had to remind myself of through mindfulness was the wholesomeness of exploring the body, looking at uh, how helpful it is to just be with the breath. And what, what arises in that is a sense of, oh yeah, this is, this is good, this is right, this feels much better than that movement of mind. Because that's like, that's like craziness, actually. It feels like being crazy. But I think at the same time, it's normal. It's how most people operate. So I was at I was uh, I brought this up last week. How I was at a, a family event, and it, it was very. Uh, in ten years, I've never experienced being with my my family, a large family gathering, and I just saw that the the value was on joking and movement and. Um, saying the right thing and, and uh, sort of uh, activity, having fun, doing this and doing that. And um, everybody was in their own way, very busy. And I didn't see a lot of, of calm. And even when I did see calm, it was interesting. It, it tended to be um, being alone and calm with your device, your particular mobile device um, or reading or, or something it, it was it was very rare to see anyone um, just being quiet and interested in in, uh, in peace and I saw that in that environment I was very much uh, moved towards the same towards valuing some of the similar values, which is, of course, why we, we talk about the Sangha as being the most, uh, the whole of the holy life, the Buddha says. That being around Kalyanamita, uh, those people who are like-minded, is so important because we remind each other about this value of learning how to pause, learning how to gain peace through seeing uh, the activity of our minds very clearly and then seeing, oh, wait a minute, this is how suffering is caused. Exactly through this movement towards these, these hindrances. 
one of the other sides of um, of restlessness as a, as a hindrance is worry. So worrying is that that fear based continuum of um, just general anxiety through through questioning and uh, believing that something might work out not in one's favor. Um, for the most part, a lot of our life are, are things not working out in our favor. And, uh, and there's nothing depressing or sad about that. That's just the reality of, um, of being in samsara. But that doesn't mean that because uh, the habit of the mind works in that way, that we can't observe and witness it so that it's really not a problem at all. So that things not being in our favor or, or things being unfair or difficult or um, unsettling, it's, uh, it's still just seen clearly as, as being okay. Because it's not happening to us, to who we are or who we think we are as a um, personality or a being. There, what, what's happening are, is just one experience after the next. But because we put an eye on it, then uh, we tend to worry about this eye and our bodies and what we're experiencing and what it is that's uh, going to be difficult or we convince ourselves what's going to happen in a situation and, and outsprings worry. And very much tied to that is, is, uh, is remorse, is a sense of um, I should have done that or I should have done this and it would have been much better if I had done that. So what drives often restlessness and what drives worry is, uh, is regret, is double, uh, you know, second-guessing ourselves. And, um, but also just when we genuinely do have regrets about things, then that causes this, this movement of mind to be jumping and fretting. And, of course, the solution to that is, is through sila, as we... Um, the only way to really uh, help ourselves with regret uh, other than acknowledging it is to understand that that uh, we're the owners of our actions and so as we go about um, being active with our body, speech and mind and we're aware of actions that cause us problems then uh, in order to remove regret then we can really be aware of, of what it is that we're doing and remind ourselves, well, wait a minute, that, that caused me a lot of anxiety last time. I did this thing, I said that thing to this person and then outsprang worry and trying to cover it up and trying to figure out how I can apologize um, or we get into different scenarios in our head where it was really the other person's fault and it didn't have to do with me and well, maybe it did have to do with me and then we start worrying about these these problems we have. But when there's sila, um, when there's uh, an awareness of how we're uh, behaving with our, our speech and our mind and our bodies, then that very much uh, can help us in terms of removing this this remorse. There isn't really regret when we know, oh, I acted in the right way, I did the right thing. I wanted to say this, I didn't say it. I wanted to do that, I didn't do it. 
and that was the right thing to do. And that builds uh, an incredible amount of confidence, actually. I would say it's for myself, seeing that it's one of the most important factors of the path, that uh, aditana, that determination uh, to do what we know is better for ourselves. Because when we do that, we say, oh yeah, I'm capable of this. I'm, it's not that I'm incapable and I always have to follow the voice uh, of desire or aversion. Um, but I can actually see through wisdom that there's a, a, a better path of action that benefits me. And then, lo and behold, there's, there's no reason to worry or uh, have fear or regret. So for myself, that often comes up around speech. Uh, in, the, in the human realm, speech is something that can get us into quite a lot of trouble, and that's why the Buddha pointed to it with um, the Eightfold Path, saying how speech is that important. It's that important. And it can, it can just be that someone says something to you, and through your own comic uh, reactivity or your... Uh, your past actions accumulating, um, just one little thing can can set us off so easily. It can and can so easily just start a whole slew of proliferation. And we have to look at that and see, like, okay, well, what what is that about? Really, where did that come from? That's where it's helpful to to really use discernment to to kind of uh, understand our experience, not through a, a Freudian sense of why. Why me? But more of, huh, what's this about? Where's this coming from? Where in the body do I experience this this difficulty? And then um, we can we can really try to try to understand like, okay, you know, that if somebody else says something to us that causes a strong reaction in us, or uh, conversely, if we say something to someone else and then that causes a very strong reaction to us or their reaction to what we said, the same thing, uh, then we have this, this opportunity to really try to understand that. And again, that's not through the activity of um, exercising movement through papancha, through just kind of endless proliferation. Because um, because that's so easy easy to do in, in in a situation like that is to to think through a problem, to think through uh, a problem we have with another person, but the problems that we have with other people are rarely um, skillfully dealt with by thinking through them. Uh, it's possible to to think skillfully. It's possible to understand situations through um, through exploring them in thought, but. Much better is to see like, oh, okay, I have a motivation here. I have an intention that's arising in the mind. Is it skillful or unskillful? Is it something that's helping the situation or not? And we see that through, again, our, our reactions of our, our bodies, our reactions of our minds. What is it we're telling ourselves? So I think, I think one of the funny reactions that I, I've seen for so many years, I've brought this up many times, is uh, when I have difficulty with another person, this this very uh, convincing but um, st- strong convincing voice comes up with uh, something that's actually quite hilarious to think about, especially living in a monastery. And it, it just says, I'm never going to talk to that person again. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, when you're living with people for years, uh, within 24 hours, it's just it's not going to work. Uh, you got to interact with the other person. But it's funny to watch that, to watch that reaction and that proliferation come up. Well, this is the best way to handle it: is I'll just annihilate the person um, by by not talking to them. I'll just keep my eyes down. I won't look at them, and um, they'll have to suffer because they won't talk to me anymore. Um, and they might be seeing the same thing themselves, and then you have two people who just aren't talking to each other until one of them has to. And uh, and then when the spell is broken, all of a sudden it's like, oh right, you're a human being, I'm a human being. There's no problem to just forgive each other, everybody's making mistakes. It's, it's no problem, of course. But for a moment, for an instant, there is there is a belief in this this sense of like ability that that in somehow by 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 squashing another person through their own existence that that uh, in the mind the perception is well they just won't exist to me anymore that's going to somehow work that's going to uh, make the problem go away and of course it's quite the opposite it's 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 just in seeing this mind through awareness well how is the, how is the mind moving through that? What is this pain really about? What's this suffering about in dealing with this other person? Or how many times have I seen the same uh, interaction occur and then the, the same resolution? And so it's, it's helpful to laugh, to, to just be able to, to see how funny it is, the, the perceptions in the mind and the, the, the mental formations that occur, the constructs. That, that are just there essentially to make everything okay to make and then everything will be okay and I won't ever have to talk to this person again and then I'll be happy and that's you know that's that's this um, subtle creation that that we're constantly engaged in this creation of a, of a world where um, when I have this and this and that then I'll be happy when I don't have to live with anybody else then I'll be happy when everybody is nice to me, then I'll be happy. When no one complains anymore and I only get praise, then I'll be happy. Which would be a pretty boring experience, actually. If it was just constant praise and success. And so if we have a good sense of humor around it, then it's, it's, uh, it's quite helpful. Uh, just that, that sense of, oh, my... That's how it. That's how the mind goes. It's just doing its thing again. No big deal. You know how many times have I heard that? And then, and then just, and then just coming back to okay. Well, what really? What's this? What's the experience right right now? And the experience often is, um, you know, I'm gonna get what I want. I'm gonna feed on this delusion or this creation of a particular world that's going to provide me with security and a sense of, of being at home with the delusion of, of everything being all right. And it's funny that the, it's the exact opposite, that um, being at home with everything not being all right is actually where uh, we can experience peace and happiness and and wisdom but the movement of the mind is so strong the habit of the mind towards uh, convincing us that it's 
it's not that way, that it's through um, gaining interesting experience and uh, resolution through our own creations that uh, that's how we're going to be that's how we're going to be happy that when I get the kitchen all planned and and that's all finished then um, there aren't going to be any problems after that so that mind can move into into these worlds that we have these even relationships with other people um, where we think we can resolve whatever problems we have um, through creating fantasies in our, our own mind where everything's okay and planned out and perfect and I'll say this and then that person will say that and then uh, and we'll, we'll all get it right of course that usually requires that everyone's going to agree with everything that I think and that never happens so the more that we can attune ourselves to seeing the these habits of the mind uh, you know for example what I've been talking about mostly is this restlessness uh, or worry and, and seeing that as just a habit an impersonal habit that doesn't belong to me um, it's something that, that many people experience in their lives and although I might gravitate towards it or it just might be a, a part of my life there might be some other hindrances that are stronger still it's it's just um, it's just a movement it's just, these are just random thoughts. They're not very important. They're just uh, pointers to, to really like what the problem is. And they're pointers to, to seeing that, that through how we're exercising the mind in our, in our intentions, um, through we're exercising, how we're exercising kama, uh, which is happening all the time, moment by moment, then that's all it is. It's just an activity that's coming from a source. It's an activity that is coming from a source of discontent, a source of, um, of wanting things to be different than actually how they are, which is the cornerstone of suffering. It's, it's based on desire. I want this to be different. Or I want it to be the same. Or I want more of it. Or less of it. And when we see that clearly, we see that it's just, it's just an impersonal event. It's nothing special. And um, it's nothing bad or inherently uh, evil about who I am as a person. Uh, and all of these projects and, uh, and ideas, even about improvement and getting better, uh, those can all drop away. Because again, they're just more movements more impulses towards uh, a new experience and getting and becoming. And then what, what arises out of that is this, is this very pleasant feeling of, of satisfaction through seeing um, how it is that our minds work and how it is we have the potential not to react um, in unskillful ways. And that then the movements of the mind, the intentions become towards more skillful actions and that's where where right effort comes in and it ta and it's right effort because it takes work 
if it weren't uh, right effort, if it weren't work, then it wouldn't be called effort. It would be called something else. Um, like getting what you want without having to do anything. And that's not what it's called. Um, so it does take it does take an effort for us to to sustain the wholesome, to bring up the wholesome, um, and you know it takes effort to um, reduce what's unskillful, to relinquish what's unskillful, um, to let it go. But once we engage with that effort, once we make that effort, then we see that there is it's not dreariness that you know, arises. It, there can be suffering that leads to, um, there can be suffering as in that process, but as, as we've heard time again, time and time again, that the suffering, this is the suffering that leads to the end of suffering, not the suffering that leads to more suffering. So, for example, um, relinquishing a, an unskillful activity, like eating dessert, when we know it, it's, it's not going to be helpful towards creating a, habits that are um, leading away from that. Um, it's going to be creating more habits of desire uh, towards sensuality. When we let go of that, it's painful. But um, but through letting go of that, we say, oh yeah, I, I, I realize later on that uh, now that I'm able to let go of, of something like that, um, then it's easy. It's not a problem. I no longer have desire in this particular way holding me as as a sort of must-have slave. I must have it. There's nothing else I can do about it. It has to be mine. And so that, that process is painful, but it leads towards a, a quite um, happy result, an experience of confidence, an experience of satisfaction, uh, and enjoyment that isn't based on the senses, uh, that isn't based on, on becoming and fear or annihilation. If people don't serve dessert, then I'll be happy. That's all that I need. But it just it doesn't work that way. Uh, it works through through actually seeing how we suffer through our experiences, not through altering all, our, all of the conditions. So that the conditions are just right, and then we're and then we're happy. So. Again, through this through this process of, of understanding uh, the mind's movements, in particular restlessness and, and worry, agitation, um, we can see that this is this is just uh, simply an impersonal habit that, that we can uh, actually rise above, and we can stand under it. We can understand it, and then therefore have a reaction that, that doesn't have to. Um, go with the flow, and and that is essentially through valuing peace, through valuing discernment, understanding, calm, and a place of of rest, of steadiness, of stillness. So sometimes coffee can be helpful, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, these are just some words from some things that I've been thinking about. So I'll just offer that for your reflection. Andamayam dhammakathaya sadhukaram kadadamase Sadhu